All right, the rest of us, let's uh, grab our Bibles, and uh, we're going to start a brand new series for the month of January, Lord willing, and uh, I'm entitling this series, Encounters, Transformational Conversations with Jesus, and what I want to do is spotlight uh, four encounters in the month of January uh, that different people had with Christ that absolutely changed their lives uh, for different reasons. And I think this will be, a, uh, I think this will be a, a fun series for us to look at. I, I, I love looking at the interactions that Jesus had with people and learning from that. And uh, this is most definitely one of them. Today we're going to deal with an encounter that Jesus had with a woman and we're not quite sure what her name was, but the impact that was made on her life was absolutely amazing. And I want to share that with you from John chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. So if you're able to, I'd like to invite you for, to stand uh, in honor of the reading of God's word together as we look at this. And if you don't have your scriptures in front of you, you can certainly take a look at the screen. I've entitled this message, No More. No More. And I'll show you what I mean with that title. Let's take a look at uh, starting verse 1 and going to verse 11 is what we'll do today. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. And a crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught him. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? And they were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. And they kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and rode in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. So, Lord, take your word, which is so powerful. And God, I ask you that you do a powerful thing in each of our lives. And speak to us, Lord Jesus, right where we are at today. And uh, I pray that we would have an encounter with you as we have seen you and your word have an encounter with this woman who desperately needed it. And God will thank you. And it's in your name we pray and we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. So wow. Jesus is in the middle of teaching. And then picture this. I mean, picture this happening in the middle of a service, right? And the religious people bring about a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Now, 
time out, by the way. Uh, the old phrase says it takes two to tango, correct? Okay, all right. So not sure where the guy was, all right? But they brought her. And, and they bring her in front of all these people as they teach, and they're trying to trap Jesus and use this poor woman. And, and they said that she was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? And Jesus turned the tables on them incredibly. But then he had an interaction with the woman that I don't want us to miss out on. Because it was pretty amazing what the Lord had done here. And if I could sum up this sermon, I would say that there are several things that Jesus pronounced an end to in this passage. There are a few things that Jesus said, okay, no more of this. No more of this. And I believe that he has something special to share with all of us today. So let's take a look at the first one. First, Jesus would say, no more sin. No more sin. Uh, we, read, we read here that the law required this woman to be stoned to death because of this act that she was caught in the middle of doing. Uh, how many of you know now that this is not how we handle our sins and our mistakes? Can you say, thank the Lord for that? Yeah. I sinned on Tuesday. I guess pastor's going to kill me on Sunday. That's a rough service, right? And so because of the blood of Jesus, now we have forgiveness of sins because of the grace of Jesus Christ. Are you thankful for the grace of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10 tells us, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. I want you to understand, you are not made holy by doing good things. You are not made holy by being involved in ministry. You are not made holy even because you attend a church service, you are made holy completely and solely by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the broken body of Jesus Christ. It's important that we understand this because if we think there's another way for us to become more like Jesus, if we think there's another way for us to be saved, we are deceived. The only way, the only way for us to be saved and the only way for us to be redeemed is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. How many of you know Jesus' blood is enough for your sin? Jesus' blood is enough for your mistakes. And Jesus' blood is enough for our disobedience. His blood is enough. His blood is enough. When Jesus said, it is finished, while he was hanging on the cross, he literally said the debt had been paid in full. And Jesus' blood is enough for each of us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says this, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. 
you know what, perhaps you, you slid in here and, and, and you have, lately you have not been living for the Lord. There's been some things that have uh, taken place in your life. There's some choices that you've made that go way against what God's plan is or even what his word says that you should do. I'm thankful today that the Lord will forgive our sin today. We have access to the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And because of the blood of Christ, we could say, no more sin. Sin's power does not have control over me. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. I, I, I get frustrated, and for those of you who have been in recovery, please don't get angry with me. But I, I tend to get a little frustrated when somebody who hasn't taken a sip of alcohol will say, for 20 years, they have not even touched alcohol. They will say, well, I'm an alcoholic. You know what? I don't believe that that is your identity. I believe you've been set free from Jesus Christ. Maybe you used to do drugs. Maybe you used to uh, do this. And maybe you used to do that. And maybe you used to do that. But you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. And you are not damaged goods. And so when the Lord looks at you, he says, that sin's forgiven. And I don't look to you as damaged goods. I look to you as a forgiven child of God. Can you say amen to that? So Jesus, I think, first of all, would say, no more sin. Secondly, I believe that Jesus would also say, no more sinning. No more sinning. Now, we could say amen, hallelujah, that God will forgive us. But I got to be straight with you, and I tend to do that. <laughs> uh, there's a responsibility on our part. You see, God's grace is not a license to sin. And what do we do? We cheapen God's grace. When we get things all settled on Sunday, and then we are a wreck by Saturday night. And we got to rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And that's not God's plan. That's not the way God's designed it. God says, look, I'm going to set you free from sin, but you stay away from that. You get away from that. Uh, Proverbs chapter 26 Verse 11, talk about shooting straight. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. Yeah, that's gross. But you know what? Returning to sin that God forgave us of, that's gross. It's gross. That's not God's plan. In fact, the book of Hebrew, I'm sorry, the book of Second Peter Chapter 2, verse 22, even quotes this verse and goes a little further. Uh, they prove the truth of this proverb, a dog returns to its vomit, and another says, a washed pig returns to the mud. This is our nature. Understand, your nature is to go back to the things that Jesus forgave you of. 
that's the way we're wired. That's the way that we are because of our sin nature. And without the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we just return to the mud. I'm not calling you pigs today, please. <laughs> or dogs. But what I am saying that uh, Jesus has an expectation on us today. And I get a little tired of, of this cheap grace that sometimes we hand out or try to cash in. God, forgive me, God, forgive me. And then we're right back at it, maybe before the day's even over. And that's not God's desire for you, friend. Well, I can't, I, I just can't, I can't do it. Uh, you're correct, you can't but you and God can. See, the problem is we're trying to conquer these spiritual battles without God. And you can't do that. You can't do that. It's like trying to uh, drive in a NASCAR race with a Schwinn bicycle. (laughs) It's not going to go well. Yeah, you may know I'm going to turn left four times, but that's about all you got. You're going to fail. And you've been equipped with the Holy Spirit of God in this race that we're running. You've been equipped by God's Holy Spirit. When you accepted Christ as your Savior, His Spirit came to live and reside within you. And you then walk in His Spirit. You use His Holy Spirit to defeat temptation. Don't wait to defeat temptation when it festers into sin. Defeat temptation at the temptation phase. When it starts to look appealing, run. When she starts to look appealing, husbands, other than your wife, run. When he starts giving you special attention, ladies, and it's not your husband, run. I just like to flirt. (laughs) It just... No. Run. Don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. I, I've, I've, seen too, I've seen too many people trying to manage sin rather than repent of it. Sin is not meant to be managed. Sin is meant to be repented from. Jesus said, no more sin. Jesus said, no more sinning. Thirdly, I believe that the Lord's message for us would be this one. No more shame. No more shame. See, the first two a lot of you had no problem with. Because you've heard me say it over and over. And if we didn't hear it at this church, you heard it at another church, and maybe another church, and some televangelists, and so, great. But this is a little harder to deal with. Can I remind you, and again, let, let's go back to the scene in the story that we read about, this encounter, okay? Jesus is amongst a multitude of people, okay? And they bring this woman caught in the act of adultery, San's boyfriend, and they bring her 
in front of everybody. Talk about shame. And they bring her, they, they, it, it must be either dirt going on here or dust, but it's, it's not the cleanest place because it was enough dirt for Jesus to be writing stuff on the ground or on the floor, right? And Jesus looked at her and said, go. After they all left, he says, go and sin no more. You know what Jesus did not say? Catch this. He did not say, you know what? Stay here in the dirt. You deserve it. I've met too many believers who have been forgiven from sin, but they feel like they have to wallow in the dust and in the dirt and not move on from it. Ooh. See, it's one thing to say, I'm forgiven, hallelujah, but I am so ashamed. And the devil will try to use shame against a child of God in a powerful way. And let's face it, this woman had a lot to be ashamed of. Right? And by the way, so do you. And so do I. What do we do with that? Jesus didn't expect her to stay there. He wanted her to go. All that dust and all that dirt, you know what that represents? It represents your shame. And the Lord has no desire for you to stay in the dust and in the dirt. And if you're struggling with, you know you're forgiven, but you cannot get over the guilt I recently shared this on an episode of Five Minutes with Phil. Every weekday at 8 a.m., by the way. And <laughs> I recently shared this, though. The complete work of Jesus, the complete work of Jesus, is not just me getting my get-out-of-hell card. But Jesus not only forgives me of the penalty of my sin but he also forgives me of the residue from my sin. And so that means not only does he free me from hell, thank you, Jesus, but he also frees me from the guilt and the remorse and the shame. See, now that, that is an amazing work of Jesus. Not only does he secure my eternal home, but he deals with my shame. Maybe you have no problem with God forgiving you, but you can't forgive yourself. I have dear friends who were in ministry where that's the case. They blew it. And they couldn't forgive themselves. And not only are they not a minister anymore, they're not even serving Jesus anymore. Shame is a powerful thing. But the blood of Jesus is more powerful. Check out these verses. Isaiah 54. No, let's try Isaiah 61. Sorry. Instead of shame and dishonor, you'll enjoy a double share of honor. 
you will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. Some of us might need our joy back. Isaiah 54, verse 4, Fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6 says, For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Jesus is not in the business of shame. Now, does he convict us with his Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Is he doing that to try to beat you up? Absolutely not. Jesus will use the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And what is that? When I sin and I feel guilty about it, God is using that to get me to come closer to God, to get my act together and be right with him again. But once that resolution is made, okay, there is therefore no condemnation, Romans 8.1 says, for those who are in Christ Jesus. The enemy might try to remind you of what you've done in the past. And the old saying goes, when the enemy reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. Don't let the enemy tear you down. because Now, could there be consequences? Certainly. If I rob a bank, I'm probably going to pay some consequences for that. If I set a building on fire I'm, and I get caught, haven't yet. But if I... <laughs> I've never, never done that. But if I commit a crime, I get caught, there are probably going to be some natural consequences. So let's be honest and, and tell you that, yes, there may be consequences, but, but the Lord wants to heal you of the shame. And he wants to heal you of the remorse. You are not damaged goods. If there was anybody who would have been thought as damaged goods, it would have been a woman who just a few moments ago was in the sack with a guy who was not her husband. And Jesus looks at her and says, go. Go. Don't stay here. Go. What's, a, what, what, what's our word uh, from, from Scripture for that? No condemnation. No condemnation. Can you say amen? amen? Finally today, and I hope it's up there, Jesus would finally say, no more stones. Now this is for the perfect people in here. You know, you know who I'm talking about? The ones that like to catch other people doing stuff, the ones that know somebody is struggling spiritually, and you got your rock, you got your stone ready, all right, just say the word Jesus, I'm aiming at, I'm aiming at his orbital, I want to point out that it was the religious leaders, supposedly, that were ready to kill this woman. And Jesus, 
they ask him, so what should we do, Jesus? And he says, tell you what, those of you who have never sinned, you throw the first stone. And then he starts writing in the dirt again. And when I get to heaven, that's one of the questions I've got for Jesus. What were you writing? Some would say he was writing the names of their girlfriends. <laughs> and one by one, it says from the oldest to the youngest. One by one. And we don't know this for sure, but I imagine some of them had rocks in their hands. And, and, and one by one, can you imagine the sound that this woman heard? Maybe even bracing herself for the first one to hit her? Those rocks are making an impact, but they're not hitting me. One at a time, those rocks dropped to the ground. I quoted this before, so I'm going to put it up on the screen again. Romans 8, 1 says, Now there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because you belong to him. And the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Well, pastor, it's kind of my ministry to expose people. It's what I do. I call people out on their sin. After I gossip with other people about it, which apparently is okay, I call people out on their sin. Hallelujah. Rock in hand. In the name of Jesus, shut your mouth. That's not your role. What in the world? Where did, well, that's what the Holy Spirit... No, 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 no. Don't blame that on the Holy Spirit. That's your arrogance. You know what you should do? Galatians 6.1. Dear brothers and sisters, if any, uh, I'm sorry, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly, those words typically don't go with rocks, <laughs> gently and humbly help that person back into the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. That's Bible, by the way. That's not me. We have no right to cast stones. If God's given grace, then we need to extend grace. Dare I say that the difference between the men that brought that woman to Jesus and that woman was the fact that she got caught and they hadn't yet. See, here's the deal. Jesus knew their stuff. 
That's why he could boldly say, okay, boys, whoever doesn't have sin, you throw the first one. Gina, Bambi, some chick you met on Snapchat. And one by one, they left until all who were standing in front of her amidst the crowd was just Jesus. And Jesus looked at her and said, if you've been condemned by anybody, where are your accusers? She said, no one's condemned me. Jesus says, neither do I. Now you go and stop this adultery thing. Get yourself together. As my mom would say, straighten up. In that tone too, by the way. And I think Jesus would say to all of us, drop your stone and start helping these people that are struggling. Don't gossip about them. Help them. I don't know what to say. They don't need a sermon from you. They just need you to be real. We who are godly, if we could restore them gently and humbly, I bet you know somebody who's walked away from their faith. Rather than treating them in a way that Jesus would never do, why don't we obey scripture and try to restore them ourselves? Being careful that we don't fall into the same trap that they have fallen in. You know, I close with this, and Jonathan, if you could help me on the platform. I... I already talked to you about what it must have been like to hear those rocks fall to the ground. All those stones. And what a terrible way to die. And she escaped that. But after Jesus said, go and sin no more, there was this, and, and we don't read this, okay? But she had obviously had to have gotten up dust herself off, fixed herself, and began to walk. And imagine what she saw. Not only the eyes of a Lord who loves her, but then looking on the ground and seeing all these stones that were meant for her. In fact, I got to believe that every time this woman walked past a pile of rocks or stones. Her mind went back to that day that Jesus said, I'm not condemning you. Now go. Straighten up. Sin no more. And I think each of us, we, we, we need to have something that reminds us that God set us free. I'll put it to you in a better way. 
we need to be reminded that we didn't get what we deserved. And I got to believe that when that woman saw a stone or a pile of stones, she thought, wow, he saved my life. What is it in your life that could cause you to just pause and say, wow, Jesus saved my life? What's God's message to us? I think if you, anyone who needs forgiveness, if you're not right with God, then the Lord's message would be today. Ask him to forgive you. He will do so. Even if you don't deserve it. And I promise you, you don't deserve it. But that's called grace. Maybe that's not the issue. You and God have had that talk. But you're still in the dirt. You're still in the dust. You haven't moved since they dropped the rocks. You haven't moved since Jesus told you, go and sin no more. Yeah, you know you're forgiven, but you still, you yourself can't get over it. And, and, and the, Lord, the Lord would remind you today, hey, I said go. I didn't say stay here in the dirt. I didn't say stay here amidst all the rocks. I didn't say stay here and be labeled what you used to be. Go and become a new person. You are a new creature in me. If I'm not going to remember it, you don't remember it. And God wants to heal you of your shame. And maybe that's the work you need to ask God to do for you today. Not to forgive you, but to heal you of the remorse and the residue and the shame and the guilt. And that could be just as freeing today. Or maybe, maybe there's somebody here, you've got a rock in your hand. And you've gotten pretty good at that rock. It's your favorite rock. And you've become pretty good at throwing it at people who, for some reason, you feel deserve it. Would you put your rock down? Put it down. That's not your ministry. It's not your calling. It's not your purpose. You're taking the cheap way out. Humbly and gently help that person, as Norm sang earlier, softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling. Help that person come home. The very least you could do is pray for them. And you can't pray with a big old rock in your hands. So drop that thing. Would you stand with me? Jesus, I pray that you've spoken to us here today. And now, Lord, I pray that as we respond to your message, God, that you would lead us by your Holy Spirit. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, I wonder, is there anyone here today, you'll say, Pastor, I need that forgiveness from the Lord. I need him to give me a brand new start. I need to give my life 
completely to Jesus. I have not been faithful to him like I should. I need the Lord to forgive me. I need his grace in my life. I need another chance with the Lord. And if that is you, I wonder if you might indicate that to me simply with an upraised hand. You could raise it and put it right back down. I just want to pray for you. Thank you. I need to thank you. I need to get things right with God. I'm not right with him. I'm not right with him. Are there others here today? Maybe there's somebody here today. Uh, It's the shame and the guilt and the remorse for your past that you're having a hard time. You're you're still in the the dirt and the dust. You're you're still covered in it, and, and it's hard for you to move on. And the Lord would say, today, I want you to get up. I want you to take that first step. And yeah, you might see some rocks on the ground. You might be reminded of what you did, but, but, but stop there because I want to heal you of the guilt and the remorse. I want, to, I, I want to completely set you free from the shame of what you've done. And you'll say, Pastor, I, I could use prayer for that today. If that's you, could you also slip your hand up and put it right back down? Thank you. Many hands going up. Many, many hands going up. Jesus. I'm not going to accuse you of throwing stones, but maybe I can ask this question. Do you know somebody whom you could begin praying for who has walked away from their faith? And sure, the temptation is to gossip about them. The temptation is to throw spiritual stones at them. But that's not God's plan. Could you, even this morning... Pray for that person today. Call them out by name to the Lord and say, God, God, do a work in them. Save them, Jesus. Do what it takes. Is there somebody that God is placing? In fact, I believe he's doing that now. That God is placing somebody on your heart that you could pray for. Rather than throwing stones, it's time to pray. It's time to pray for them and seek the Lord on their behalf. I won't even ask for a show of hands because I believe that there are a lot of people that is taking place in your heart right now. So here's what we're going to do. I want to make this place a place of prayer. And especially now for those, uh, and, and there were a number who raised their hands to give their lives to Christ, I'm going to pray a very specific prayer. I'm also going to pray very specifically for those who need to be set free from the shame and the residue, and the remorse, and the guilt, and all that. I'm going to pray that God sets you free from that and begins that process today. And, and then I'm going to let you pray before you leave and call that person's name, or maybe those people's name. They might be relatives. They might be coworkers. They might be people that you used to sit by in this room. Will you call them out by name to the Lord? And when God's finished with you, you can consider yourself dismissed to fellowship and love on one another in the lobby. But right now, let's make this place a place of prayer. And let's have an encounter with the Lord. Jesus, first of all, I pray for those who want to give their lives to you. They need a new start. And together we pray, Jesus, forgive me of my sin and help me to live for you. I I, I need your help to make better choices. 
I need your help, Lord God, to live the way that I should live. So, Lord, I ask you that you would come into my life. Help me say no to sin and yes to you. Even when the temptation's there, God, help me to run away from the very appearance of evil. So, God, show me what I need to do to live for you daily. God, for those, a number of us, Lord, who are dealing with the, the, the guilt and the shame and the remorse and all that junk that sin does to us, the residue of that, I'm asking you, God, that you would set us free from that and know that we are new creatures, that not only did you set us free from the sin, but, God, you set us free from the shame. You set us free from the remorse. You set us free from the guilt, Lord God. We are not that person anymore. And God, help us to walk in that from this day forward. And Jesus, together, we're going to lift up the name of somebody who is heavy on our heart, who's far from you, who used to be with you, but they've walked away. Jesus, we just pray for them. And, and we will continue to pray for them this day and the next day and the next day, and the next day. And Lord, we'll keep praying. And God, if you want us involved in their restoration, use us, I pray. Use us, I pray. And God, we'll thank you for what you do. We'll give you praise for what you do. And it's in Jesus' name that we ask all this. Amen. Now, if you need to pray personally with the Lord, you can come to this altar and pray. You can pray at your seat. But let's make this room a place of prayer. For those of you who are finished, God bless you. 